1: to a tale of spies and espionage and wallabies because a team of helicopter-based hunters in the wide-open plains of Canterbury were able to locate and destroy 18 pest wallabies in the space of one week. And their method was GPS collaring just a handful of these wild wallabies, which would then lead the hunters to larger groups. It is stone-cold, gavin ud is the project delivery specialist for national programs at the otago regional council i spoke to him earlier this evening and i began by asking him where this high-tech idea came from
2: well it's it's actually a method that's um being used quite commonly uh for feral goats and also for tar control uh quite successfully so it's been around probably for a couple of decades now ever since i guess the the technology um, became available to be able to you know, track animals via VHF radio and through satellites. Um, and it's something now that we're, we're looking to use on
1: Wallaby. And so how does it kind of work? These Wallaby, you, you, you catch the Wallaby, you tag it, uh, and then you just sort of let it go back out and do its business and hopefully it will return to its its other Wallaby mates pretty much?
2: Yeah, essentially. So, um, so these Wallaby, they were they were actually uh, captured from an area um, where there was quite a high density of wallabies. Um, and then uh, with 10 of those wallabies, we attached satellite uh, transmitter collars to them, which were able to sort of uh, um, take GPS locations of where the wallabies were. And then we released them into areas through parts of South Canterbury where there is quite low numbers of wallabies. Um, and so the idea being is that you know, they would they would search out their mates uh, and then we would we can then monitor them each month and then we can actually um, find other wallaby, which we are then able to destroy. And then we can keep following that, the, the, the collared wallaby, uh, and keep uh, searching out and, and destroying any other wallaby until no more can be found.
1: Let's get one thing straight: plural of wallaby, is it one wallaby, many wallaby, or one wallaby, many wallabies?
2: It's uh, wallabies.
1: There we go. Love it. All right. Thank you for that. I've seen conflicting information there. Now, look, explain this to me. Why are wallabies bad?
2: Yeah, I guess if we go right back to the, the sort of the beginning here. So Bennett's wallaby in particular, so that's that's the uh, the species of wallaby that we have in South Canterbury and Otago. Mm-hmm. So they were brought over from Tasmania and released um, near Waimati, which is a wee town in South Canterbury, around about 1874, so 150 years ago. Um, and since then their numbers have grown quite significantly and they've become quite a major pest in that area. And there has been um, various attempts at, at controlling them, um, some quite successfully, but in the last 20 years um, they, they've managed to spread um, further into uh, parts of South Canterbury and also into Otago as well, where they've actually um, managed to establish themselves and start breeding and, and, and continuing to spread. So. In terms of their impact, though, you know, they have the potential to have a significant environmental and economic impact on New Zealand um, due to their, you know, they, they foul pasture, damage fences, they compete with sheep and cattle and, and livestock for food. They can destroy agricultural crops and forestry plantings and prevent native forest generation. So they they have quite an impact on the environment. Um, And if left unchecked, uh, they could spread across a third of New Zealand in the next 50 years. Um, And that that cost, that economic cost, uh, would be enormous. Um, It's estimated to be, it would be around about $84 million a year in 2025. Um, And that number would just keep growing if we didn't uh, do something about it.
1: They were brought in for sport, Gavin, by Governor Governor Grey, George Grey, Sir George Grey. In the late 1800s, my goodness me! The things that we do for sport. Oh, I know. <laughs> Just outrageous. Um, now you, you, you mentioned that the sort of the logic behind this was, you know, GPS collaring, and then hopefully the wallabies will go and, and, and hang out with their mates. Is that a thing that wallabies do? Are they herd creatures? They tend to congregate together, do they?
2: Well, they're moderately gregarious, um, which which means they are uh, um a moderately social animal um and they do they do feed together and they do at times congregate together so there's both the social behavior aspect of it but there's also the breeding behavior as well Mm. so obviously these things need to mate so you know they're also Mm. um, actively uh, searching out each other you know during during certain times of the year Um, so we're, we're capitalizing on on both of those behavioral traits hopefully um and and, and hopefully those collared wallaby will, will lead us to other wallaby.
1: I'm curious about this. Why are they hard to find to the point that you're going all Mission Impossible on them?
2: Yeah, so in, in parts of South Canterbury and Otago, we've, we've been quite successful at actually controlling them. Um, but, but the tools that we've got, we're we really developed for, for controlling uh, uh, high numbers, of wallabies and so i guess with any sort of pest control y- you need a range of tools to be able to actually successfully reduce numbers and then ultimately eradicate them mm. it's it's like tools in a toolbox you know you, you, one tool won't do everything so it's about having um well this technique is about developing a new tool mm. whereby where we where, when we've got wallabies and really low numbers in these Big landscapes in, in South Canterbury and Otago, uh, we can actually um, you know, use it to actually find other wallaby. At mm. the moment, um, we've got people and dogs out there uh, searching these these, these areas, big and it's spaces, hugely labour intensive. Yeah. 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 Um, and so the the way I like to think of it is that if we put a put a collar on a wallaby, it it can go out and find its mates twenty four seven, whereas right. whereas we're only out there potentially, you know, uh, during daytime and um, Monday to Friday. Uh,
1: Yeah, and the Wallabies don't respect uh, business hours. No, that's totally fair enough. Do you think um, the Wallabies know that they are being used as double agents?
2: I don't think so. Um, I don't know that anyone's told them. (laughs) Uh, And they seem to be just behaving uh, completely normally and uh, moving around and getting
1: on with their business. And so what happens? When, how do you... What, when you know where a wallaby at when you know where a wallaby at is and you think, okay, okay, it's time. It's time to go check up on this fella and see see if he's hanging out, having a party. Um, do you, what, you, 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 you go on a, a trek through the plains and, 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 and spot them from a distance with a pair of binoculars or are you flying out there? How does it work actually catching... Um, catching these guys
2: yeah so with the 10 wallabies that we um, collared and released in december so what happens now is that each month we've got a hunting team that goes out uh, and, and and they're in a helicopter and they're able to pinpoint quite uh, really precisely that collared wallaby uh, and when they when they locate it they then search the area uh, about a one kilometer radius area around that collared wallaby and any other wallaby that they find in that area, they then destroy. And they just systematically go through those ten wallaby, uh, and it usually takes them about a day to get round those ten. And then we'll keep doing that every month for the next um, 11 months through to the end of this calendar year. Uh, and then we'll be then we'll look at the data and we'll see whether this technique is. Um,
1: as good as we hope it is. Those those wallaby must be absolutely baffled by this. They must be thinking, "How are these bloody guys finding us? How do they keep finding us everywhere?" My God, do we smell or something?
2: Yes, I'm I'm not sure if the wallabies <laughs> um, develop um, complexes <laughs> or not, but uh, <laughs>
1: maybe I'm. Um, yeah, anthropomorphizing these wallabies a little bit too much. Um, and when you when, when you talk about the idea of destroying wallabies, uh, I take it it's not, you know, taken to a farm somewhere in some idyllic area and allowed to roam free in a cordoned off um, uh, piece of land for the rest of its natural life.
2: Uh, unfortunately not. Um, we are ultimately yeah, trying to eradicate these animals from New Zealand, so that does require us to shoot them. Um, so that's uh, that's the uh, preferred the method for
1: reality for this of piece. reality of pest control, I suppose, isn't that? It? it it is, yes. And I mean, you're with the Otago Regional Council, as I mentioned in the intro, but this is very much a coordinated effort between a bunch of different councils and different groups, isn't it? Because as you mentioned before, this is something that could really affect um you know the whole country if it's allowed to spread out of control
2: that's right so a regional council is is leading this piece of research um in conjunction with the tipa motoro national wallaby eradication program so that that's a program that's led by mbi uh, and we're also working with our neighboring council which is environment canterbury so we're working together uh to, to undertake this research um and with with all parties contributing sort of towards the effort.
1: And you talked about the idea of a toolbox before. Um, what other sorts of things are in the toolbox? Because I understand there are actually quite a few creative and high-tech methods um, in this sort of area. Poisoned bait, special thermal cameras as well?
2: Yes, that's right. So thermal cameras are something we use uh, quite often, uh, out of helicopters particularly. Um, so... It's it's a really good method of being able to to detect a heat signature of an animal, and it's really good um, during the winter months and the cooler months because uh, those heat signatures really stand out um, in in these areas. Uh, so we've got thermal cameras, um, and like you said, we've uh, we obviously um, we use firearms, uh, and we occasionally also use poison baits as well. And so there's 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 a variety of different different baits. Um, that can be used on wallaby.
1: You know, I imagine there are listeners, um, and I imagine probably you—you know—you yourself would encounter this from time to time. People thinking, Oh, you know, why why do we have to kill these guys? Why why can't we just figure out a way to harmoniously live uh, si- side by side with these animals?" What is your sort of go-to answer? Presuming that you do get asked that from time to time, what what is your go-to answer when um, when people say that to you?
2: Yeah, I, th- I think uh, I, I don't get the, that question very often, but I, I do acknowledge that everyone has a has a different viewpoint on uh, pest control, and um, and and some people perceive perceive it, you know, as, as not being um, that necessary. But I think uh, um, you know we can't. If we could convince the wallabies to live um, harmoniously with with what we do, that would be that would be ideal. But we can't. So uh, left to their own devices, these things would would um would grow in numbers and, and become a significant uh, major pest with with the impacts i talked about earlier
1: indeed indeed, great stuff uh gavin thanks so much for your time today really appreciate you coming on the show uh,
2: thanks for having me on the program
0: head over to hulu this march where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long catch the acclaimed movie all of us strangers starring paul Mescal and andrew scott